Now, um, obviously, explain to people, man, about pigeonhole then, because obviously like, people don't know the site. Yeah, so offers sign up, they have to pay, I don't know how much, because they wouldn't tell me how much when I applied for it, which is worrying, really. <laughs> Do you think in your case, I saw your book and laughed at it? <laughs> They would have said how much money have you got and we'll decide how much you have to pay, which was a bit worrying. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit that, yeah. It's a bit just, what did you tell them, 50 pence? <laughs> yeah, then I've heard back, strangely enough. <laughs> Reading in Bed is a book review podcast ran by Amanda Steele and Andy Ann. It can be found at readinginbed.bandcamp.com iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify among many others. Enjoy. He lurked in the shadows, waiting and hoping she wouldn't take a different room. This was a usual room. He knew that. He knew her. Ghost of Me, the new book by Amanda Steele, can be found at Amazon, Kobo, Waterstones and many, many other Hi guys, it's Andy N. Thanks today for downloading or streaming yet another episode of Spoken Label. As you may or may not be aware, Spoken Label was started in the beginning of 2006. And currently we have well over 150 sessions recorded and sent. Although you can find it on various networks, the full archive is available for streaming and downloading at Spoken label full stop bandcamp.com. It is a free download or free stream in there. But obviously, if you feel like chucking me a few pennies that way, it'd be eternally grateful to help me keep this podcast going and keep improving my equipment, etc. Enjoy. Speak to you soon. Bye bye. Spoken Hi guys, Andy N. Spoken Label. Back on Skype again tonight. Back across the seas again today to Ireland as well, and just been talking to the lady we're talking to today, and it turns out I met her originally ten years ago, and I don't know where the years have gone. So now she's a fantastic writer anyway. So Orla, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are, and where you're living, and where your writing originally came from. Hi Andy, it's great to talk to you again and indeed we did meet about 10 years ago in Dublin through a mutual friend, Connor. Um, I'm from County Meath in Ireland and um, I'm a poet mainly, though I do write some short stories and I'm working on a novel as well. Um, I'm a member of Boyne Writers Group and I edit their uh, magazine uh, Boyne Berries. Um, I'm working towards my first collection of poetry, which has been accepted by Salmon in the west of Ireland and will be published in the spring of 2023. Oh, which is great news for you, because you deserve it there. Yeah. You know. I said, I'm, 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 and when I first came across your work, about, oh, me, a long time ago. I said it was before we met, because Garth Richard and Connor sent me over some of your work to have a look at, and I said to him, it's brilliant. It's absolutely, I thought you were brilliant then. So, have you been writing, because obviously, I, have you been writing since you were a child and have you really or or did it come along um, later? I, n- well yeah I have really because um, I first got into it in primary school uh, although I always read my mum was a great reader and she taught me a great respect for for poetry and novels and film 
But when we were in primary school, we did have a teacher and he used to get us to do creative writing. And he actually introduced us to poetry when we were about 11, 10 oh, or 11. Perfect which age. Is, which is quite great, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and um, mm. do you look back then, back at your work, and you, can you see, even your younger age like that, can you see the way your work's progressed naturally over the years, can you, or has it just changed a lot, do you think, over time? Uh, well, sometimes I look, I, I did tend to keep a record of all my work, although um, there's one poem I'd love to find, and it's probably my first poem, and maybe it's in the attic, but I can't find this, but um, I can kind of remember it. But over the years, yeah, I look back and you know the way it's like journaling or writing yeah. a diary and uh, you, you kind of track your life or where you've grown from and sometimes it's cringeworthy and you're like, oh, I feel a bit embarrassed by that. Oh, yeah, completely. I've got, um, did, yeah. I, did I ever tell you what I do with my poetry? And I'm digressing slightly, but Johan, it's interesting. Is um, yeah. The first poem I wrote when I was 10 and I'm 48, or nearly 48 now, and uh, I, yeah. put, I managed to get everyone into a little half-back A5 book. And I've got, yes. would you believe, I've got 55 of them completely filled up now. Wow, and that's amazing. And it, it is, it's, when I go back from them sometimes, like, I, it's cringing sometimes. <laughs> yes, but isn't it lovely to look back over your life or over your interior life and just, like, recognise how you felt and how much you've grown to? Yeah, completely. Now, so you said already you were involved in a poetry group is over an organisation aren't you in Ireland do you yes. want to tell people a bit more about that group and have interest so. yeah that's um, I joined the Boyne Writers Group in uh, I think it was about 2000, 2007 I saw a submission call in the local paper and they sent a poem in to their magazine and it was accepted by the editor at the time he was Michael Farry and I was encouraged then by friends to join the group. I would have been quite shy and not used to speaking in public. And it was a big step for me to take to join the group. But um, we've been going ever since and I've never looked back. I used to be on the editorial board of the magazine and I've been the editor since I think 2015. Wow. So we're up, we're up to our 27th issue now. Wow. That's fantastic. Yeah, because... I help Amanda out, the partner, obviously, you know, so with her magazine, Printed Words, I'm on the editorial team for that. But I've done edit editorial yeah. work myself in magazines, and it, do you think, you, I think you get a lot from it, don't you, when you're looking at other people's work and stuff, and you see how they... Oh, yeah, massively, massively, and you grow a lot, and I, anyway, the more you read, the more you know, and the more knowledge you have, and, um, you know, if you're an intelligent person, you can take that on, Obviously, it'll develop your own depth of perception and awareness, and it'll make you a better writer, hopefully. Yeah, I agree. Did you find when you were growing up, and, and as you are now, as obviously an adult, um, mm -hmm. you know, you said you're a big reader. Was there any sort of writers or poets that really stood out to you and like, that you've stayed favourites with over the years? Well, when I was younger, I just loved um, all the children's books, obviously, but um, in my teenage years, uh, I loved, I suppose, I, I loved um, uh, Keats, especially John Keats and um, Sylvia Plath. Oh, yeah, completely. Um, Irish writers, I did, um, I suppose, like Keeney and Yeats and the typical, you know, what you're introduced to, your palate, but 
Um, as as I grew older, then I suppose I've so many different writers I admire. It's hard to narrow it down, and I always keep my eye out for contemporary writers now too. Yeah, I mean, the same for me as well because I'm just a firm believer in writing, like you said, because there's so many writers nowadays. You know, with the internet being so big like it is, that you can yeah, always find new writers yeah. to, to catch up on, can't you, and get into and stuff, yeah. And yeah. I've got probably about, I've got an Amazon Fire next to me at the moment, and I've got about 200 poetry books on it. <laughs> so I know. Yeah, I know it's incredible the amount of work that's out there. So I think that then the internet has made it a more level, level playing field. Yeah. And whereas there used to be an elite or a patriarchy, I think that uh, the internet and being so connected with everyone has brought it down to everyone's level. Yeah, no, which I agree. is a good thing. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you completely. So, um, okay, back to your work anyway. So, if people obviously are not aware of your work, uh, do you have any sort of reoccurring themes that crop up a lot in your work? Oh, good question. I think um, definitely nature. I have a deep appreciation for nature yeah, because I, I grew up in a farm. And um, then uh, I suppose in my own interior issues, um, what else, I suppose? Um, what's going on in the world? Um, beauty, truth. Um, I always try to get to the 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 nut or the kernel of what I'm feeling. I suppose that drives my work. Yeah, I can see it with a lot of your work. Your work is very naturalistic straight away. Every time I read it, mm. every time I get, for my example, because I follow you on Facebook, every time I see you've got something published and you do get a lot published because your work's that good. Like I always make sure I spend a couple of days reading you, reading what you've published and stuff, and which is fair play to yeah. you. So, do you find that? I'm Sorry, yeah, sorry, no. I'm also very influenced by culture, so, I mean, things I read, or art, or music, uh, they, they influence me deeply, too, yeah. No, I can, you can tell us, so it's a good sign. Um, on your actual writing pattern itself, then, do you find, like, are you quite a regular writer, or is it just when you get time sometimes, because of the day job and life in general? Um, it depends. I have signed up to um, a few um, writing challenges in the last couple of years and I find it's been very beneficial. Um, I did, um, I know there's a writer, Angela Carr, and she does um, a blog called The Dreaming Skin and she um, created a few like monthly challenges in January, April and the summer where it was a 30 day writing challenge so you have to produce something every day and I found that was great like she gave us a prompt but it was up to yourself what you did with it so I found yeah. that very good yeah Apart yeah from that I'm maybe sporadic it's whenever I feel moved by something or uh, I need to get something off my chest I sit down so although it just depends I could write maybe three poems a day um so I don't know if that helps but I mean yeah yeah of course if you, if you have a, if you have a structure obviously you need to sit down and write whereas i deeply admire people who write novels they are real grafters you know, you have incredible to you have absolutely to incredible uh, people do novels like that uh, i don't yeah, know i respect the people who do it because amanda yeah. over half she's done about half a dozen novels now and i don't wow. i don't i don't know how she does it <laughs> um, I, I don't 
disciplined. Yeah. Now I know you said before you're doing your own novel at the moment, aren't you? So how are you finding the discipline of that then in contrast to your poetry? Um, I find that if I am writing fiction, my poetry goes under. So I can't really write poetry if I'm writing fiction because I have to be disciplined and I try to write about 500 words a day. Um, so it depends how much I want to be committed to it. Yeah, yeah, of um, course. I get you completely. Yeah. It's, it's that case. That's why I've never, never completed a novel. <laughs> I might do no, 20,000 words and give up. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's very true but it's definitely something I want to finish I find if I do start something I'll finish it and also if you're writing poetry I find even if you're working and you're going about your daily business and you have to be a little bit detached from everyone and I don't think people always get that you don't get that about writers you have to be um, kind of in your own you, you have this outer life but you also have this interior life and it, that's why I find as well, if you're a writer, it's very hard to have relation, deep relationships with people because you have to maintain that kind of level of detachment. Yeah, yeah. You're all involved, yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you. It's um, yeah. unusual, really, because obviously I'm dating a fellow writer myself and and with that yeah. is... Um, we tend well, that, to that's we, good. You can probably support each other. We, do, we tend to bounce a lot off each other because... And what tends to happen yeah. in a pair of us is as soon as one of us starts another project... The other one tends to get get involved in one way or another, yeah. so but it goes that yeah. way, so indeed. Now, um, it's great to have that support. It yeah. is excellent. I do recommend it as well. Now, there's a couple of things I want to ask you about today as well. Now, you talked about on Facebook the other day about the Trim Poetry Festival. Yeah. And boy, is it boy berries? Yes. Yes. Well, unfortunately, this year it was cancelled due to, as we all know, what's going yeah. on in the world with the coronavirus. But um, yeah, the Trim Poetry Festival is this is just the second year, but Boyne Berries has been established since two thousand and six. Yeah, so oh. I think we talked about that a little bit about that earlier on. That we're up to twenty seventh issue now. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, boy berries. Yeah, so yeah, so twenty seventh issue now. Yeah, and I said it was um, it's just unfortunate about the Trim Poetry Festival. Obviously, the way society is going at yeah. the moment, because like it's there's quite a lot being cancelled in Manchester recently on big events like that, and it's it's upsetting, John. That's for sure. With it it so. is, yeah. It's quite scary now at the moment, but. What yeah. can you do? You have to just um obviously everyone's welfare is the main thing, isn't it? Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. You know, just people got to look after themselves. So, and I said, is I can carry on. Some like doing spoken label on Skype, like yourself, is fairly straightforward. Yeah. Sure, it's like we can't infect each other, can we? So that way, no. that's why. But that's I seen something yesterday in the paper about the internet and what a great service it is to people in these times. But somebody said that people used to look like at the internet that it was. Um, luxury but it's not actually it's utility it's something that everyone can use so i thought that was quite interesting yeah yeah you know i agree mm -hmm. i agree completely so no no definitely now obviously all been well in the world then where do you think, where would you think your work's going to go next then do you have any sort of plans for the future just to keep writing uh for me um it's always about the act of the writing and um the connection I have, um, I find it's quite a spiritual connection when I do create something new. 
and it's when I'm most happiest and I feel yeah I just feel very happy when I'm, I'm making something or writing something new uh, realistically and um, well I do have my poetry collection coming out so that was a great boon for me and a great something to look forward to yes well it's well done again with that obviously with it being obviously a little while away we can't ask you for too much details on it yet but certainly no. in a couple of years time i'll make sure we talk again so that way we can talk directly yeah. about your podcast um, your podcast your collection yeah. when it comes out certainly now if people want to find out more about you all where are <laughs> they best going sorry sorry to con to conclude if people yes. want to find out more about you, where are they best going? Okay, so you can email me at orla.a.fayatgmail.com and I also have Twitter at Fayorla and my blog spot is orlafay.blogspot.com which I've been writing my blog as well for about 10 years so it's a great record of... Uh, my endeavours in the literary world. Brilliant. I'll get you to send those links over to me as well so I can put them on the write-up afterwards as well. So now Great. I know Thank you I know you're gonna do some poems for us next. Mm. So what we'll do is mm -hmm. we'll pause the recording and then we'll, we'll come back in a minute to everybody. You're gonna read out a couple of poems for okay. us. So hang around everybody. Thank you again all that's been brilliant today. Thank you. Thank you. you Andy. Thank you very much. See you all in a minute guys. Spoken mate. Hi guys, we're still in all so straight over to you, my friend. And I know you're going to do four poems for us today. Thanks, Andy. So this first poem uh, was written for New Year's Day and the start of a new decade. We'd gone for a walk on the thirtieth of December, and seeing a woman in the distance in a red coat, I imagined she was a representation of the future. And this was the seed of the poem. And the poem takes its title from Salvador Dali's painting, The Persistence of Memory. The Persistence of Time. I wonder if she is more a future figure than a past. This lady of the year in a red coat, festive, stepping around the corner that stretches to a decade-long length of road. It is only when she is out of view that I wonder. I do remember when the 80s became the 90s, all that revolution, and when the 90s turned millennium. 2009 was an ice cube in the Harvey Wallbanger of the 2010s. It is only when she is out of view that I wonder. This late afternoon could be an abstract of time. Its dreary sky combined with misting rain makes tree clocks dull, surreal faces spin about bare branch tops. It is only when she is out of view that I wonder. The big hand spire of the church takes me back to Christmas morning. The sleepy mass, hymns dreamlike, the intoxication of cloying incense. It is only when she is out of view that I wonder. Now I have the present and a different communion. Those walking whose spirits flicker like candle flames in the oppressiveness of the day with chance of greeting. A happy new year to you. 
The religiosity of life lays itself down for my attention, a path both worn and unworn unknown. Salvador Dali musing strokes his giant moustache before me. When she is out of sight, it is troubling to consider that the past is the future in a rear view mirror. Brilliant, brilliant. I know the painting you're on about there, so that's a great start, that. Thank you. <laughs> okay, uh, you want, are you enjoy, are you ready for your second piece? Yeah, ready to go. Rock and roll then, go for it. <laughs> I wrote this uh, next poem on, uh, on the, sorry, the Microsoft Word app on my phone while I was walking on the morning of the, November the 1st. And I'd been listening to the novel Girl, Woman, Other on Audible for Kindle. And having woken up early, I was determined to write something new. The poem was subsequently highly commended in the Francis Ledwidge Poetry Award last December. Fantastic. Yeah. Word for mobile or a Sisyphean task. As I pass a cauldron of leaf-filled puddles, splatters of heavy raindrops from trees create muddy browns, rivulets and roads. Wiping my rain-packed glasses with tissue, the sleeve of my shirt, post-fireworks, post-puka procession, post-trick-or-treat is my post-modern morning, in which I cursed myself for not taking an umbrella on the stroll through the deserted village, tagging Oliver hashtag Goldsmith. On a reaped field sits a two-story of straw, the mist lessens, perhaps the brawly was not necessary after all. Quiet proof -oc. Breakfast hovers like a mirage in the distance, steaming coffee, eggs poaching, simmering with salt, maybe sausage grilled. Please just don't think of pork, we have vegan options. The gunshot pops, or is it a leftover banger? Has hunting season started? Postscript. Cock presents can be shot from November 1st. What I began writing was dreamlike, caught as the dawn is. Now I am more consciously myself, stripped in the wall, present. This Samsung Galaxy screen sparkles with a glitter of moisture, and I will be two poems richer, tapping out thoughts. A Rottweiler and a boxer kick up a fuss, their fence beaded by a downpour of pearls. Soon the tree I love appears, that holds itself like a dancer, poised, elegant. Reminds me of the physical body, the slimmer body that I strive to achieve. The gold, the gold corporeal, a stereotype, a societal norm, who cares? Why I joined Weight Watchers. I'm often accompanied by girl, woman, other, an audible, the joint Booker Prize winner, love it. The interlaced stories of marginalised women by Bernadine Ivaristo. Ashwood is still a queen. Now where was I? Ah yes, breakfast soon. As soon as they change these wet socks and shoes. At the top of the hill I click share, e myself, email myself this document to download to edit later. Formulate lastly that if a poem is a prison, then I am a prisoner constantly breaking free. I like that because it's, um, 
you can tell though that one there is they covered mm -hmm. a lot of thoughts on that and that's that's sort of thing i do when i'm walking sometimes yeah you end up exactly. like lots of thoughts building up in your head straight of all kinds of directions no, yeah. I can see why you got a con you did you got that award there for that prize. Definitely the coming the condemnation mm. you know what I'm about right, but excellent. Okay. What's the third piece you've got in mind for us? Mm. So this is a coming of age poem and it was shortlisted for last year's Bailey Borough Poetry Prize here in Ireland. Oh, well done again. <laughs> the Bailey Borough Poetry Prize. Yeah. And it takes its title from uh, Carson McCullough's novel, The Member of the Wedding. And I'm recalling the summer of 1995. The Member of the Wedding. When I think of dog days, I remember Frankie Adams, F. Jasmine Adams, lost and struggling in the novel. I see her roaming the street south, hair slicked back and clothes clinging to her in sweat. She longs to go to Alaska. We studied Carson McCullough's novel along with The Hobbit and To Kill a Mockingbird for our junior start. I related to Frankie's awkwardness, the way she longed to fit in. I think our teacher was showing us that it was okay to be different. The feeling was something we could do. She told us to underline Atticus Finch's words to scout about walking around in someone else's skin, consider things from another's point of view. I had nothing to do on the summer holidays, so I read, bought the Lord of the Rings trilogy in one huge volume, the Bible my brother and I christened it. The cover was green, a majestic Gandalf portrayed holding his staff in the woods. We named the kittens that appeared from the hay barn, Frodo and Sam. At night we lit a campfire and trailed across the fields with a torch and makeshift wooden weapons. We stayed out for as long as we could until startled by distant barking or a frightening rustle, or until the stars were too bright, too close, too silver. I was allowed to take the bus to O'Connell Street arranged to meet friends under the clock at Easton's. I wore combat trousers, smoked a Marlborough, felt dizzy afterwards. <laughs> oh, that's got, a good, that's got a good ending, that one there. You were about smoking <laughs> it, and then you started feeling dizzy at the end of it, and I thought, yeah, it just takes you out of it. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> very clever, very clever. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm going to your concluding piece now, aren't we? Well. Yeah, on to the last one. So um, this poem was shortlisted for the Court uh, International Prize last year and it's about cowboys and Indians and of course when I was young my dad always uh, plays the movies of cowboys and Indians but I always wanted to be the Indian. Hey. This is called How the West is Won. The cowboy looked like the Lone Ranger, Billy the Kid or Wyatt Earp. Shiny badge pinned to brown suede waistcoat. Black Stetson pointed tip down as he flung away a cigar. Everyone wanted to be like him. On his left hip, a holster from which he pulled a silver heavy cold peacemaker, the Colt 45, the gun that won the West. 
What hope did my Sioux friend have? His long raven hair blowing on the prairie. He carried a tomahawk on his belt, a bow and arrow slung across his back. He wore feathers in his hair, ate hunted buffalo and wore buffalo hide in winter. The wolf ran with him under the full moon. The fish in the streams came to the softness of his hands. Brilliant. Now, I, I grew up with westerns a lot from my father as well because I was growing up. Mm. We used to play, mainly read the books as well, he did my dad, so. And as well as watch the mm. films, so I, I can well relate to that. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Uh, Thank so, you, Andy. It's been a great way to finish the session off. So hang around, Ola. I need a quick word of your mic. But I have really enjoyed mm. today, so. And I knew it would be a good session, and it has been, so. <laughs> Thank you again. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome. Speak to you all soon, guys. Take care. Spoke on, mate.